Are you more of a visual person? Do you wish there was a place that you could learn about the foundations of a relationship with Jesus and being a Christian without the pressure? Someplace pretty and inviting and colorful and comfortable. As an artist, I love pretty things. And when I was coming to Christ, I wanted a place just like that, where I could learn about Jesus while being visually inspired and feel accepted. Well, guess what? That is exactly what FindingFaithAbove.com is all about. In this special little world, you will find the best conversations in our private community and inspiration, art, Bible studies, and books to satisfy that pretty side. And if you are really needing a place to unload, and I totally get it, you want to move forward in your faith, you can sign up for an unstuck session with me, someone who truly understands what it means to go from the chains of religion to the love of Jesus. I can't wait to see you there at FindingFaithAbove.com. Today we are talking about faith versus belief. How do we know the difference? In Matthew 17, 20, Jesus says, he replied, because you have so little faith, truly I tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. That my friends is what faith can do. Let's dive on in. Are you discovering what it means to be a Christian as an adult, as a mom, as someone just finding faith? Maybe you left a different religion. Maybe you are just meeting Jesus for the first time. I spent years turning my back on him, but he never gives up on us. It's called Grace Girlfriend, and here we are learning who we are as followers of Christ and who our great God truly is. How does our life, our mindset, our family, work, everything change when we decide to lay down our cross and walk with him? Here we are learning how to get faith, how to grow our faith, and then how to give our faith back to others. This is Sunday School mixed with the best coffee talk with your girlfriends. You're listening to Finding Faith Above. So this is a topic that has really been on my heart lately, and I'm just going to lay it all out there, and I really hope it all makes sense to you. <laughs> uh, we're just going to go for this. So one of the very first real conversations I ever had with my wonderful now husband was about beliefs. I can remember it vividly. I was a freshman in college living in the dorms. I stowed away in a stairwell of the dorm out of earshot. Anyone else, no one else could hear us. It was just kind of to the side. I was on my phone uh, and we were talking about our religious past. And to be honest, it was my lack of faith <laughs> having just officially left the church. I never announced I was leaving. I just never went back. It was a deep conversation and really it was a conversation of frustration. I think it was probably one of the first times that I had ever really talked to anybody just opening up and telling them like, look, I, I honestly don't have any faith right now, but I come from a lot of religious back background and I kind of carry with me some baggage. And um, at the current moment when this was all happening, I really just didn't have any faith. But I always wanted it. I always wanted faith. I always believed in God to some extent uh, because he's all around us. How could we not? I love nature and I love being in, in all of that. I, I can feel God through all of that. But I could see there was something different about people who truly had faith. So I, I had some belief, but I didn't truly have faith. And I could see it even as a young kid. I saw it with a good friend of mine, Melissa, and her family. She had faith. She had a peace about her that was something bigger 
than just the average. It was, there was something more to her faith. I saw it with the ladies in mops, uh, mothers of preschoolers when my son was a baby. Uh, there was no pretending to love God. It truly was not just going through the motions. There was a peace in their faith, something I could not put my finger on. It didn't need defending. It just was. My husband is a total Enneagram 8. <laughs> I love the Enneagram. I don't know if you guys listen to it. I mean, or, you know, read about it at all in any way. Um, some people are really, you know, like, I don't need to be told what to do with my personality. And, and I totally respect that. It means you're probably an 8. No, I'm just kidding. No, but it actually does. So anyways, <laughs> I'm getting off topic. If you have um, any 8s in your life, you know they are usually right. It's the truth. They have a conviction about almost everything they do, not because they know they are right, but instead because they want to see you rise up and have conviction too. They want you to see the best in yourself and rise to the occasion. My husband also loves to play devil's advocate. I think this is because he wants me to believe in myself. He wants me to rise up. It's just what I need. Uh, always questioning. I am an Enneagram 5, so I really like to question things all the time. He has been on this faith roller coaster with me. He never questions me about it, just supports, but does ask probing questions, things that make me question my understanding of whatever topic we are discussing, because if you are going to say it, then you should. it should have merit, right? <laughs> uh, my husband has seen me you know, push us to go to church and then back off, get involved in the whole worldly stuff and have discussions on the trustworthiness of the Bible or the lack thereof. He has seen the Shelby that has, you know, been super damaged by religion, the angry version of me and the lost version. He has seen me trying to explain it all, understand God, research and research some more and form beliefs based on books and science. He has saw me believe in things but until the last couple of years he never saw me have faith and I think that still surprises him so here we sat the other night after a long day uh, we're doing this series right now in our church that we go to it's all on marriage so uh, it's been a kind of a fun one it's it's kind of cool to you know go to church with your spouse sit there have them you know talk about all sorts of different things in marriage as they're holding your hand and you know, you don't have to say anything. Someone else is kind of saying it all for you and it all just kind of sinks in. And it, it honestly, it's, it's really been awesome. It has been good, but anyways. Okay. So of course, sharing your faith with your spouse can amplify your closeness. There's no doubt about that. Uh, but somehow in our conversation the other night, um, my parents did come up. Um, my dad is still Mormon and my mom is not, and they're still married and almost 40 years now, which is amazing. But I know in order to kind of keep the peace in their marriage, uh, my mom has not pursued her own faith very strongly. Um, and I think at different times, it's a bigger deal than other times. Um, I think just in order to kind of make everything just, you know, easy for them to continue, um, they, she just, she just hasn't really pushed it. And this leads us into our discussion on faith, because that's kind of what it came up to, about with my husband and I, when we were sitting there, it's easy to say one's belief is personal to them. 
And if they have that belief, uh, who am I or anyone else to change that, right? I mean, it's your belief. Who am I to say you're wrong or you're right or, or whatnot? Um, and playing devil's advocate, that is my husband's argument. You know, how, how would I ever change, you know, my dad's mind or how would I ever change somebody else's mind? If they have that belief, then, you know, I mean, that's, that's up to them. Um, and he's totally right on that. That is, that is their beliefs. But when talking with him, I wanted, I wanted him to understand though, that me being a Christian, it's not a matter of belief for me. And I'll get into a little bit more about what I mean about that. But we talked about, you know, his cousin who has recently decided to convert from Catholicism to becoming a Muslim. Um, he has a belief that that doctrine, you know, after studying religion and he, he studied it quite extensively, that's what he decided uh, to move forward with. My dad has a belief in Mormonism. He believes in that and all the doctrine that comes with it. And it might be easy to say, you know, now Shelby, she believes in Christ. And yes, that is true. I do believe in Christ as my savior, but it is so much more faith. That's what we're talking about. So it's not my belief, it's my faith. So in all the women I talk to on this podcast, in my prayer circle, with all the women I talk to with faith, that, that thing, that intangible thing that I could see even as a young child that I couldn't put my finger on, it wasn't belief, but faith. All of them seem to come back to, they all have a story. <laughs> it's this moment in time, uh, typically a specific moment when I talk to them. When Jesus came to them, they surrendered to God and the Holy Spirit touched them. He spoke to them. He moved them. It is not a faith in a book or in a church or in anything that, you know, could be here today and gone tomorrow. Uh, it's not anything that is proven or researched or historical or backed up by words. It's God breathed is what it is. Yes, that relationship has grown through learning who he is in the word. Yes. Yes, that relationship has grown in fellowship. So going to church with other people who, you know, are, are also helping you uh, on your journey. But this relationship versus religious aspect is grown for sure. You can do all the works. You can go through all the motions. But from what I have seen and listened to with all of these different women that I've talked to and, and with my own experience with faith, with, with having that moment, it comes when you literally have your come to Jesus moment. I think that that term exists for a reason. <laughs> you have your come to Jesus moment. It happens when you literally lay it all down at the foot of the cross and you say, you know what? I'm giving my life to you. And a lot of times I think this happens in, in hardship um, for a lot of people. You know, they're they going through um, moments when they realize like, I can't do this alone. Like I can't. I can't, I have to give it to you, Lord. And there's something about that. But I've also had other people, you know, it happened when they were, you know, sitting with just some good friends and they look up and they see someone's, you know, hands raised in the air and that moment that changes everything. Um, it happens to everybody in a different way, uh, but it happens 
kind of like the moment in The Chosen. I don't know if you guys have all watched The Chosen, but oh, it's amazing. It's such a good show. But in, I believe it's the very first episode, um, Mary Magdalene is is walking out of, uh, I guess you would call it a tavern or a bar or whatnot. And, and Jesus, Jesus pursues her and uh, he calls her by name. And when he calls her by name, she literally says, I was one way and now I'm another way. And the thing in the middle, he was the difference. Uh, it's just beautiful. And it happens like in Isaiah 43, one, which it, they also uh, talk a lot about in, in the chosen. But now thus says the Lord, he who created you, O Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel, fear not for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. And then everything changes. The entire world looks different. For me, it didn't mean that I automatically did everything differently. It, it still took me a bit. It took me getting to build that relationship and, and actually reading and, and praying with other women who, who have faith and being part of that and growing that relationship. But what did change was really how I saw life, how I then saw the world. It was all through a different lens. Like everything kind of shifted where it wasn't about me. And in here, my whole life, I've been thinking about, you know, my works and what I had to do and how, what I had to prove and, and was even worthy of God's love. And then all of a sudden it all just shifts and just turns where you realize this isn't about me at all. This is about God's glory, but how lucky I am that he loves me enough to just take me by hand and walk me through it. Everything means something just a little bit different because now that relationship can actually happen. The door is open. So until I think that shift happens, you're, you're building upon what can be a relationship, but it hasn't quite come to fruition just yet. But now that door is open. That door is open and, and that relationship is possible. So it's not any longer for this world. It's because of the peace I have within me that I can move through this world. He called me by name. So yes, people have beliefs. I believe the sky is blue. <laughs> people can believe all sorts of things. They can even have super crazy beliefs and they can even call these beliefs their faith, a noun, representing their belief system. But I ask you, do you have faith? Faith being the peace of the Lord. Do you have Jesus's peace within you? And if not, seek him. He's patiently waiting for you to lay it down so he can call you by name. Here is a few verses uh, if you wanted to read a bit more and um, see how these move you. Um, as always, I would encourage you to read not just this verse, but, but look more into the full chapter and understand a bit more about what is being said in in the whole picture. Um, but these are a few really good ones. So here's Hebrews 11, 1. Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. 
Ephesians 2.8 For it is by grace you have been saved, through faith. And this is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God. Matthew 21.21 Jesus replied, Truly I tell you, if you have faith and do not doubt, not only can you do what was done to the fig tree, but also you can say to this mountain, Go, throw yourself into the sea, and it will be done. Hebrews 10, 38 through 39, and, but my righteous one will live by faith. And I take no pleasure in the one who shrinks back, but we do not belong to those who shrink back and are destroyed, but to those who have faith and are saved. I am so happy that you decided to join us today over here at the Finding Faith Above podcast. If you would like to continue this conversation, head on over to findingfaithabove.com or you can join us in our exclusive Facebook group where we talk about all the great things that happen here on the show and continue this conversation. See you next time on Finding Faith Above.